Welcome back to the What's the Breakdown podcast. Join us for today's episode, No Room in the Inn. Hey guys, it's Ben here. It's been a while and uh, we're coming up on the Christmas season. We're in the Christmas season, really. We're about a, a, a little over a week out from Christmas Day and uh, wanted to talk just with you briefly about something I noticed in Scripture that really stood out to me and helped me better understand the Christmas story. You know, the story of Jesus' birth is such an amazing account. It's, it's, it's one of the greatest events in history. And we've seen it in movies, we've seen it on TV, we've seen it in cartoons, Christmas plays, and more. You know, there's one common aspect, though, that most of these renditions offer or portray that's widely accepted, yet biblically inaccurate. And it's specifically in the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it tells us that Mary and Joseph put the baby in a manger because there was, quote, no place for them in the inn. You know, you've seen it happen before where they roll into Bethlehem and they're about to have the baby Jesus and they're knocking on doors and the innkeeper says, no, we don't have any room for you. You've seen it done plays. You've seen it done on TV. But is that an accurate translation of the event? Did they really come into town and knock on the door to a hotel and get refused? There are some facts about this story, guys, that I really want to go through and I want us to look at just briefly. This won't take very long today, but in order to better understand what went on and to better explain the gospel accounts, we need to look at the facts. So if we're talking about the the story of Jesus' birth, we're only going to be reading in two different sections of two gospels because the book of Mark begins with Jesus' ministry, and the book of John essentially does too after some some theological points about Jesus' coming. So Matthew and Luke are the only two accounts of Jesus' birth, but they give us two different um, angles to the story, if you will, that we have to put together in order to understand the full thing. So in Matthew, Matthew really focuses on Joseph and him being visited by the angel that he's not going to leave Mary, that she's going to give birth to the Christ. It talks about King Herod. We, we find the wise men in Matthew's account. But then in Luke, this is where we see Mary visited by the angel. They go, we see them going to Bethlehem because of the census. We hear about the shepherds, the, them taking Jesus to the temple, etc. So here are some questions I have about this account that may hopefully challenge your own understanding of the account, maybe give you a better understanding of what happened during Jesus' birth, and just kind of maybe fill in some gaps for you, or it might even, when, when you're listening to the scriptures, it might even point some gaps out that you didn't even know about, right? So in, in Luke chapter 2, these are just some questions I want you to be thinking about. How do we solve or answer these questions based on our understanding of the biblical account? So in Luke chapter 2, verse 6, we find this. It says that... that Mary and Joseph had gone to Bethlehem, right, for the census because Joseph's family is from the town of David. And so it says that, verse 6 of chapter 2 of Luke, it says, And while they were there, so while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. All right, so the, the first thing I would ask is, where were they while they waited? You know, so often we hear this, or we see, or, or we understand this idea that they rolled into Bethlehem, and they were like having the baby when they rolled in, and they were looking for a place to stay. But this tells us that they were in Bethlehem, and while they were there, the time came for them to have the baby. So they were in Bethlehem for an undetermined amount of time before the baby came, but it wasn't right when they got there. So my question would be, where were they while they waited, right? And so 
Were they just roaming around town on their donkey? You know, just going from place to place, just you know, sitting on the side of the road? Where where were they while they waited to have this baby? Also, in Matthew's account, in chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, listen to what it says here. It's talking about the wise men. It says, starting with verse 9, After listening to the king, they, the wise men, went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, did you hear that? It says, and when they got to that, they went in and going, it's verse 11, and going into the house, they saw the child and Mary. All right, so what house did they find Mary and baby Jesus in? Like, what, where did this house come from, right? Because how did they go from there not being any room in some hotel to going into some stable or cave to have this baby, then all of a sudden they've convinced somebody to let them stay in their house? Like, where did this come from? What house did they find them in? And so what we have to do in order to understand this, in order to understand the word in, is we have to ask, what was Luke trying to say? Like, did, did Luke not know what an in is? Because when we read this, guys, remember, the Bible wasn't written in English. The Old Testament was in, in Hebrew with a little bit of Aramaic, and the New Testament was in Greek, Koine Greek. And so when we're reading in the book of Luke, okay, Luke is our author. He was very meticulous about his records, very meticulous about making sure he was as historically and um, accurate as he could be. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, when he says there was no room for them in the inn, the Greek word that is translated there as in, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, so just bear with me, but it's katalima, K-A-T-A-L-Y-M-A, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but it's translated as upper room or guest room, and it's only used three times in the entire New Testament, right? Three times. Twice it's used by Luke, and once it's used by Mark. But here's the thing. Luke, the same author, who this is translated by us into English as in, the same author uses it in Luke chapter 22 in reference to the Last Supper, that Jesus says that they need to go and prepare, they need to find the guest room or the upper room to prepare it for Passover, for the Lord's Supper. And so that translation is upper room or guest room. So why in one translation, in one verse, in chapter 2, does it say in, and in another one, using the same word, it says upper room. Well, here's another thing. Let me throw this this cog in the, in the mix there. So we got Luke has used this same Greek word two different times, and it's been translated two different ways, right? And that's not, that's not entirely uncommon, but let me throw this in there. In Luke chapter 10, so now we're, we're still talking about the same guy, same author. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is telling the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? And Luke's writing this down. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, this is, you know, most of you know the story. The, the guy's asking, who's my neighbor? And he tells a story about this Jewish man who gets robbed and beaten and is bleeding on the side of the road, naked or whatever. And, and these two guys who should have been his countrymen, his brethren, they passed him up. They won't help him. And all of a sudden, this Samaritan is walking by and who, who shouldn't have anything to do with him because Jews and Samaritans get, didn't get along. But instead, he shows pity on him. He cleans his wounds. He puts him up on his animal. And he takes him to the nearest town and takes him to an inn. 
and pays the innkeeper to let him stay there and says, I'll be back to pay anything else he may owe you. So in this scenario, that particular story in chapter 10 of Luke clearly is, is, a, is what we would commonly understand as a place where people would pay money to spend the night. So, But the issue is he doesn't use the word catalema when we're talking about an inn. In Luke chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, the word for inn is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this too. I don't speak Greek. Um, it's pandokion, pandokion, P-A-N-D-O-C-H-E-I-O-N, pandokion. And it means a public lodging or an inn. But then the word for innkeeper comes from the same root, and it's pandokius, okay? P-A-N-D-O-C-H-E-U-S, and that means an innkeeper or a host. And so if by this particular parable, Luke clearly knows the vocabulary for an inn, a public lodging place where you pay to stay, and an innkeeper, the person who runs it, and then uses a completely different word in chapter 2 to describe where they, where they went to try to place Jesus, we have to ask, that, why would he do that? Did he make a mistake? Was he, was, he, was he trying to talk about a different type of inn? I don't think he was. Like, like He clearly knows what an inn is, so why would he use a, a different word when describing Jesus' birth? Well, it goes something like this, okay? We have to think about why did Jesus or why did Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem, right? They went there for the census. Like they've been the governor, um, Rome in, in, in power, decided they want a census and they want to count up who all was, um, who all was in their subjects and, and, and they were in control of. And so Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem. But you got to remember, so would any family that Joseph may have. They would all go to Bethlehem. And he may even still have family there because that's the city that they're from. And so it's very possible that while they were there, they stayed at their family's house. That's whose house they went to. They stayed at their family's house until the time came. So that explains where they were when in chapter 2, verse 6 of Luke, when it says that, and while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So where were they waiting for the baby to be born in Bethlehem? At their family's house. But this also explains in Matthew chapter 2, why the wise men found Mary and the baby in a house because they were in the same house that they had waited in before the baby was born. So what about this inn? What about this manger that we're talking about, right? Well, we need to recognize the culture of the time. So it was very common for people to have in their house either an upper room, right, or a guest room, which is the word catalema, the word that's wrongly been translated as inn. And so Here's what I believe happened and, and fits with the scriptures, okay? They got to Bethlehem. They went to stay at their family's house. And while they were there, time came for Jesus to be born. So the baby was born. And after the baby was born, they went to take him to the guest room or the upper room to lay him down. But when they got there, when they got up there, there was no room because all their family was there. There was no room to put the baby because it was a packed house. And so because there was no room, the safest place was to take him down to the manger, right? And it's, this is important. This manger was either inside the house or it was connected to the house. It was not uncommon at that time for people to either have a stable inside downstairs or in the, the main floor of the house 
where they could bring their animals inside out of the weather, protect them, have access to, to food, whatever else, or have this stable either attached to the house or very close to the house so that they could do the same things, right? And so when they went up to see if there was room in the upper room or the Catalima, the inn, there wasn't any because of the family. So they took, them to, took Jesus down to the next safest place, which would be in the manger, where they could keep an eye on him, keep him warm, keep him safe. And just to give you a, a glimpse at the, the likelihood of this being the case, that there were, there were animals in the house and there was a manger, a stable, and all this is you know, kind of built into the house. In Judges chapter 11, verses 30 through 39, you find, about, you find out about this guy named Jephthah. And Jephthah makes a vow with God. It's not, it's not God making a vow with Jephthah. Jephthah makes a vow with God, and he basically says, if you allow me to win this war against the Ammonites, I will sacrifice the next thing that comes out of my house. The next thing that comes out of my house, I will sacrifice to you. Okay? And our burnt offering. And it's important to realize that, you know, God's pretty clear through the Old Testament. He does not accept human sacrifice. And before you say, well, what about Jesus? That's different altogether. Okay? Jesus was sinless. He was perfect. He was sent specifically for that job. But God does not like human sacrifice. That's why he destroys Israel in the Old Testament a lot of times is because they, they offer up their children to Molech and, and do sacrifices like that. So anyway, so Jephthah couldn't have been talking about sacrificing up a human. He, he must have been thinking of some animal coming out of his house, and I'll give you a good reason why. Because God does allow him to win this battle. He does beat the Ammonites. And to Jephthah's horror, he turns... And the first thing to come out of his house is his only daughter. And not only is she his only daughter, she is his only child. And so why would he make this deal with God that the next thing to walk out of his house, he'll sacrifice to God if he knew that it was he only had one child and he knew that God didn't accept human sacrifice unless he meant or he believed it was going to be something else that he would be a suitable sacrifice to God, right? Because he was destroyed when his daughter came out because he's like, oh, no, I've made this promise to God. I can't undo my word. You know, why would he be upset about it if he, if he expected her to come out? He didn't expect her to come out. He expected something else to come out. And so most likely an animal, right? Because he, he expected something that would come out that would be an acceptable burnt offering to God. And so that just kind of gives you a glimpse that in that time, it was not uncommon for people to have animals inside the house. All right, so here's the conclusion, right? This, this storyline, what I've just explained to you, that they came to Bethlehem, went to their family's house for the census. They, um, they stayed there until the baby was born. When the baby was born, they went up to the upper room or the Catalima, the inn, as chapter 2, verse 7 says, and there was no room for them there because the family was there. So they go downstairs or they go out to the, to the manger and they put the baby Jesus inside this manger to keep him safe, to keep him protected. And that's why, that's where the shepherds came to see him. But that's also why in the account of the wise men in, in Matthew chapter 2, they come and find Jesus and Mary inside a house. It's the same house they've been in this entire time. But I do want to encourage you before you're like, Ben, this is, this is garbage. This is not true. This just wrecks everything about Christmas. Like, just slow your roll for a second because this really doesn't change your nativity story. If you really think about it, it doesn't change your nativity story um, that you've come to know. It, it, it may modify it a little bit, but it, it should actually bring it more into focus because the nativity scene would still be very similar because there would still would be baby Jesus in a manger. There would likely be animals around. 
you would still have Mary and Joseph. Uh, at different times, you'd have the shepherds come in and see the baby. Um, another time, you'd have the wise men come in and see the baby. Now, it is interesting to think of, though, because if the wise men came into the house, we don't know for sure that that baby's still in the manger. That baby could have been sitting with Mary somewhere. They could have been up in the upper room at that point. They could have been walking around the house, um, or Mary could have been walking around the house with him. We don't know because we don't know how much time has passed. We just know that Herod, by gauging what the wise men said, um, declared to kill all children, all, all males, two years and, no, and younger. So we don't know if the wise men came into the manger scene so to speak, but they definitely came into the house where Jesus was. <clears throat> All that to be said, though, guys, is that this should clear up some of the questions you may have had if you're reading through this because you're like, it just it just never it just doesn't sit well with me, the idea that, that they rolled into Bethlehem about to have a baby or having a baby, a lot of times is how it's portrayed, and they knock on a door and some guy comes to the door and is like, of this hotel, this quote-unquote hotel, and it's like, nah, we ain't got any room for you. I'm sorry you're having a child or that you just had a child. I'm sure you're probably, you know, probably really tired and, and sore and, and hurting and, and, you know, weary from your travels. and this, But we just don't have any room for you. You know, best of luck somewhere else. That never sat well with me um, as I began to think about this. But then as I started to read, and be like, what house will the Magi come to? Where were they when they were waiting in town? Or they were, when they were in town, where were they until the time came? So all those questions, I, I think, are answered in, in reading this and looking at the language that it was written in, the same author uses two different words to describe to to that are translated as in. One is most certainly in the in the, the story about the Good Samaritan. Most certainly, what we would understand as a hotel or a public lodging place you'd pay for, and it uses the word as the innkeeper that's related to it, and they look the same, come from the same root. And then also the word that's translated as in in the in the Christmas story is used elsewhere as the upper room where Jesus um, does the Last Supper. And, and how fitting is it that that um, the place that he didn't have room for in his birth is the very place that he told them he was going to leave? You know, so I hope that this has um, you know been a blessing to you, and I hope that it has challenged you to really kind of look into the scriptures more and ask yourself, you know, what what do uh, what are some assumptions I have based on traditions or things I've heard that may not be the case? You know, so I'm just gonna ask you today, what do you think? Was there an end? If if there was, why do you think that? And and how do you answer those questions of the house that the Magi found them in and where were they and what were they doing in Bethlehem before the time for Jesus' birth came? So feel free to shoot me a message and 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 to uh to give me your thoughts on that. I hope again this has been an encouragement to you. I hope as um as Christmas comes up in the next week and a half, guys, that you really take some time with family and friends and 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 focus on the birth of Christ, the the beginning that God brought him into this world to save the the lost, to save the lost sheep of Israel, to um, bring bring together um, Jew and Gentile, and to to bring God's people back to Himself. This is when it all began. This is when we celebrate God's rescue mission when He sent Christ down to the earth. Guys, I hope you have a great Christmas season. I look forward to starting putting out some more content very soon. And I hope you can subscribe on there. And if this has been a blessing to you, please share this with someone else. Hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. I'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining the What's the Breakdown podcast. See you next time.